My name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. Hi there, property sourcing profiteers. Anyone out there in property sourcing land, sourcing deals for profit, this is the podcast for you. (laughs) And we are super, super excited. This is a very, very special occasion. I've got a special guest with me, a giant in the industry. I have, and um, she's spe- she doesn't do this stuff, you know, this is almost an exclusive, almost. <laughs> and uh, I've got for you, Property Sourcing Profiteers today, uh, an interview with the wonderful Cheryl Siegler. Yay! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. After all that build-up, I get hello. It's going to be a huge disappointment. (laughs) No, I don't believe that. So, um, Cheryl, I went out into the uh, community at Progressive Property Mm -hmm. and asked for questions because they want you quizzed, they want you interrogated, they want you (laughs) cowering in a corner with these highly technical property questions that we're going to share and thank you everyone who asked for que- ask a question i'm going to give you a name check as we go through so should we just dive in and i think see? we should okay so you haven't seen the questions no i haven't <laughs> <laughs> okay the first one is from the lovely emerald fisk emerald we love emerald uh she's she's asked some very insightful questions okay right number one uh what is mrs s's favorite deal that you have both done and why? Um, I think my favourite deal would be the flip that we did a few years ago. Well, the auction one? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, go yeah, on. That, that would be because um, it was the first flip I'd done yep. um, with you. Yep. Uh, and in a very short period of time, uh, we locate, you located the property and we flipped it very quickly. Uh, a very good profit, um, and it was very exciting because it was the first one I'd ever done. And, so, and we made some money. And we made some money, which is always a plus. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm just going to run the bare bones. It's coming back to me now because um, I had I didn't know what you were going to say. So let's just uh, think about this. So uh, we were we've stumbled upon a three bed semi detached house in Newton Heath, Manchester. Yes. And it was very run down because uh, mum, the mum of the family, was going into a nursing home. And the family had to sell the house uh, to pay the nursing home fees, basically. These poor people, lovely people, working people, uh, were paying £800 a month, a week. A week. A week, forgive me, net. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, out of their tax-paid income. Right, and that couldn't continue. So they had to sell the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there were issues with the house. There uh, were. Uh, there was a title issue. There were. And the house was full of cracks. Yeah, and the roof. The roof and it was the roof. was sinking into the sunset, yes. <laughs> and the sunrise. <laughs> now, uh, no, the sunrise is on the other side, you're actually, you're right, actually, It depends yeah, yeah. where you're looking yeah, Okay, from. it depends <laughs> where in the garden you say, I'm absolutely, I'm, Mrs. S is always right. And... Um, <laughs> And there were there were a, a, there were um, cracks. There was a crack in the bedroom. I don't think I told you about. I can actually get my fingers in. I've got, got my fingers in the wall. Okay. No, you never told me about that one. No. Uh, so um, hand on heart, sold values in the close. It was a close uh, 
at that time were about 100, 103 grand. Uh, this was unsellable, right? Uh, we bought it from memory at 46,250. Uh, they were on costs. We put, we flipped it. We didn't do any work, did we? No, nothing at all. We didn't even move the furniture out, did we? I'm not sure we, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think, God bless her, Judy went around and tidied the books up. I oh. remember, I can't remember. Why? <laughs> Why were the books the thing she had to tidy? Anyway, um, we, we put it into an auction and, uh, within 20 days, we sold it at 70 grand in the auction. A local builder picked it up. Um, he knew it was fixable because the thing about cracks is, Cheryl, um, there's two different sorts of cracks in my experience in property. The one is caused by what somebody's done to the house internally. Yes. Yeah. And that was what we had here. Uh, walls knocked down, not enough support, right? Those are the sort of things we might be prepared to have a go at. What do you think? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then the other sort of cracks is when the ground's moving that the house yeah. is on. That's yeah. that's a bit difficult. We don't do those. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, went into the auction and, and we earned uh, very nearly 20 grand in 20 days. That's yes, pretty cool. It was. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's not a whole story, is it? No, that's quite some years ago. It was, well, it was a few years ago. 2015, 2016? I can't remember exactly. Uh, might have been before that. Anyway, um, I, want to, I just want to touch on the journey of that deal. Because <laughs> <laughs> you gave some very, very valuable input along the way, I thought. <laughs> <That'll do it. laughs> well, we paid 46.250 plus transactional costs, plus we had lots of surveys and reports done. So we were in for about 51, I think, from memory. Okay. And then when I signed the contract with the auction house, I came back home and I said to you, yeah, it's all done. We've set a guide price of 53 grand. And can you remember what your reaction was? I'm very probably quite cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, not cross, but concerned. Concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yes. anxious. Concerned. Do you remember exactly what you said? Because it's, 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 it's written on my heart, Cheryl, what you said. <laughs> so no, I'm, I can't remember. Why? Why would you do it at 53 grand? We paid 51. You can't say, well, there's no profit in that. What are we doing? Why, why are we doing that? That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, no, Cheryl, Cheryl, it's a guide price. The guide price is um, something to get people's interest. It's a marketing tool, yes. really. Yeah. Right? And if a lot of people come, having set a low guide price, then you know you're going to have an auction. right? Um, so we did have a lot of people come from memory we had i think 28 viewings yes we had we had a lot a lot and we had 23 legal packs downloaded mm. right yeah. which meant we, it gave me a bit of comfort gave you a bit of comfort indeed that people were interested we're going to have an auction uh and then we had to set the reserve price yes yes so there is a Convention with auction houses, it, it has to be re relative to the guide price. So we'd set a pretty low, pretty low guide price, 53. So we had to set a reserve at 63. And I came home and told you that. Do you remember what you said? Very similar to what everybody <laughs> yeah, said about the guide 63, price. 63, you can't sell it for 63. It's worth more than we're going to do. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I said, no, 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 sure. It's just a reserve. It's just, you know. And we, you can, of course, alter these things right up until... <laughs> The day of the auction, but it wasn't necessary. 
Um, we sold it for 70. So that's your favourite deal, is it? I think because it was the very first one I'd done that was with you that was a flip. Yeah. Um, and the very first auction that I'd been involved not the first one for you, but for me, it was the first auction I'd been involved in. Cool. And I learned a lot from it, like about the guide price, which I didn't know. Yes. Um, so things like that. Sorry. Yes, so not, <laughs> Just, not to punch the microphone when you're recording. I'm talking. Yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> cool. That's really good. Okay, we've got yeah. more questions, shall Cool. Are you ready? This cool. is a good one. From Emerald, once again, the lovely M. Does Mrs. S actually love property or just the income? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, both. I think, it's, I think it's fair to say both. Although if I if I was pressed, income would probably become higher. And capital, of course, yeah. the, the capital appreciation as well. We like a bit of capital appreciation. We like a bit of capital yeah. appreciation. So, um, yes, I do like property. Um, but to me, it is a means to an end. Yeah. Um, so it's both the capital appreciation and the income from the property. Yes, and it's relatively hands-free. Yes. I can't, yeah. I'm not going to say it's completely, it is anything really hands-free. No. Um, no. but it's relatively hands-free and it will go on producing income into our later lives, Cheryl, as we sit on the swing bench in the garden together. <laughs> Sipping well, I, chamomile I, tea. And... I think it's a good question from Emma because I think there are two things. First of all, that it is important to me that the property is one that people would like to live in, that it's nice for people to live in. Cool. Um, I wouldn't want to buy a property that wasn't. Um, right. But equally, not. it was a mistake I made when I first got into property trying to make it how I would like to live in. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean not making it nice and, and lovely for people to live in, but bearing in mind it, it's meant as a rental or as a flip, as the case may be. Yeah. So uh, the property is important as well. Excellent, yeah. Great input. Thank you, Cheryl. Absolutely. Because um, gone are the days where we can get an EPC struggling to achieve <laughs> a level G. <laughs> and put a family of 15 people in there. We can't do that anymore. It's a good thing they know you joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. Um, here's a, a, Emerald again. She sent a whole list of questions. This one, See what you think of this one, Cheryl. What does Mrs. S think of you as a public speaker? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. <laughs> okay, well, and there's a corollary question. Does Mrs. S find you hilarious like some of the property community do? <laughs> Emerald always. <laughs> it's it's great to be able to laugh every day, or nearly every day. <laughs> every day. I didn't laugh when you told me about the guide prize. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's totally cool. Okay. And um, what would you be doing today if we weren't doing property, Cheryl? That's a very good question. I don't know. I'd have to do something. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Cool. Um, because we got into property... Quite a long time ago, didn't we? Oh, a long time. <laughs> so I'm really sorry. I would definitely have to do something. Yes. Um, but our, our first property was twenty guineas. I remember. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> That's fab, Emerald. Thank you so much, uh, Iram. The lovely Iram Shah. Uh, I've got two or three questions from Iram. How does Mrs. S help drive your business? What is her role? What is my role? Right. 
<laughs> don't, well, <there's, laughs> don't bang on the table while we're recording. You've not got the hang of this, Cheryl. Microphone and bang <laughs> on the table. Well, the first one is actually get you up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can share during yeah. lockdown. I'm being a yeah. crack of the dawn person myself, and you're not. No. Um, but wasn't it always like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How many times have you missed a train? Oh, I don't know. I lost count. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I do, on, with regard to our own portfolio, I do a lot of the admin. Um, we have managing agents for all of our properties, but there's still, as everyone will know, there's still a lot of admin you have to do. So I deal with all most of the admin, I think it's fair to say. Um, and things like possessions, that sort of thing I will do. Yeah, we don't um, get too many of them. No, very few. Yeah, touch wood. <laughs> we do, very, we, do, we started few. doing them ourselves, our Section 8 notices, uh, hearings, because we, um, going back, Cheryl, we, we employed lawyers to do it for we us. Did. We and did. And they came back sort of with a two-and-a-half-gram legal fee and no possession order. <laughs> do you remember those? <laughs> So we thought, do you know what? We do this ourselves. Yeah. So I remember we went and sat into the in front of whoever it was, the acting up lady recorder, styly judge in Bolton. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes. And we had to guide her through the process, <laughs> and she was jumping in and out of all the books. It's true. We did, we knew more about it than she did, right? We've done we've done a few, but not not many. I'm well, we haven't to had say. to no, yeah. but. Um, there's always someone messing about with rent. Yeah, so there's there's quite a lot of admin. Yeah, okay. Um, you get, well, I think we've touched on this. How is Mrs. S's working style different <laughs> to yours? Uh, Iram, I tend to walk in a straight line. <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the vision guy. I'm the big picture person, right? And Cheryl spends the rest of her life repairing and... <laughs> The mess of sweeping up the mess of the trail of destruction behind me. Is that fair, Cheryl? Um, I think the first bit is, uh, I think you're absolutely right. You're very much the vision person. You see the wider picture. Uh, you go out there, find the deals. Um, you're very much the, the big picture, whereas I'm much more the minutiae and the, the details side of it. But I can't do what you do. So I think we complement each other there. Yeah, and I can't be asked to do what you do. <laughs> I mean, you actually read every bit of paper. Yeah, I, and, uh, I mean, there was, um, he's retired now, but we had a solicitor for many years. Remember, stockers used to do all that stuff, right? And he said to me one day, I have no fear at all of sending you detailed documents and bits of paper because I think Cheryl is the only client that I have that reads everything, yeah. which, is, which is just fab. Um, and one more from Iram before we move on. Um, what is Mrs. S's advice on maintaining a great business and a personal relationship? Um, gosh, yes. Where, where yeah. the lines get blurred sometimes, yeah. don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, I think it's, oh gosh, it's, it's a very difficult one to answer, really. Um, I think, as I said, I think two of us bring different things to the table, and I think that helps. Um, I think um, I think we respect what each other brings. Yes, if that's yes. English. Yeah. Um, uh, even though I may drive you mad, <laughs> I don't 
occasion. Well, you know, you, you, you know, I'm going ahead of full speed, right? <laughs> yes. And suddenly you put a big sort of spoke in my wheel because you've, you've read something in a yes. contract that yes. you don't like, <laughs> right? And I go kicking around the house for 40 minutes and yes. then realise that actually pre- probably we should deal with that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that, I think that... But in terms of personal and business, I think we just... Turn off business, don't we? When we sit down for dinner or... Mostly. I mean, occasionally we don't. Occasionally we will talk about business as well. Cool. But I think that ability to, to switch off um, and you know, bear in mind you're trying to help each other and it's, it sounds twee, but I mean, it, it's a joint thing. Uh, you're working it together for yourselves, for your family. Yep. And I think that's a huge driver that it's for each other as well as ourselves and and for our daughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very sound. Let's move on, Cheryl. The wonderful Rick Cusimano. He's good at questions. I'm warning you up front. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, what's th- this is a good question. What steps did you take in the last recession to reduce the impact on yourselves and make the most of any new opportunities? Well, that's a really good question. That is a good question. It's a very good question. Because we've lived through a few recessions. Yeah, he says the last one. I remember the Um, unpleasantness in 91, (laughs) 92. There's been quite a few. Yeah, 82, we went through that one together. 74, we had met. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Shall I stop now? (laughs) I think you should. Okay. (laughs) It's a really good question. I think there's a few things. I think the first thing is that we've always tried very hard not to overextend ourselves. I think that's the first thing. Yes. Um, We've always tried to um, keep within our means, if I can put it that way. Um, uh, And that continues today, doesn't uh, it? Indeed. Still does. And always has done. Always has done. Because I I think we live quite modestly. I think we do. We we share a bowl of porridge. I'm having my own bowl of porridge. Thank you very much. I know. We're, we're, we're well shod. You know, we're quite light on our shoes. Things like I think, that. I think that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's been a, an important mantra for us right from the very first mortgage we ever took out together, which is a long time ago, mm. to make sure that if, for example, one of us lost our jobs, we could pay that mortgage uh, even though one of us lost our jobs. That was a big thing for us then. I know the world's Absolutely. changed. Absolutely. Um, but that has been a big guiding principle for me, not to overextend myself or to know that if I'm taking a loan out, I've got an asset base there that if something happens income-wise, I've got assets there that I can either refinance or sell, if the case may be, to meet that liability. So I think that's been a very important. Do you remember our first um, our interview for our very first <laughs> mortgage? Do. do you remember? We had to go into the building society. Yeah, the together. alliance, the alliance building society, as it was in those as days. As it was, and we sat in front of the manager. We did. Do you remember her name? No, I do. <laughs> was it Phyllis Ford? Oh, I don't remember. I'm sorry, Phyllis Ford. Where are you now? God bless you. And uh, I remember she interviewed uh, uh, us because we. Um, we were clients, we were applying, we wanted to borrow money. We did. It's very serious business. Yes. And we sat in front of Phyllis Ford and she spoke to me about initially about my income and what I did. And of course, I was 
working for my dad, in effect, at the time. I was in the family business, yes, and man. it was all a bit dividendy and mixed up, and I could see she had a bit of a crinkle face on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she turned to you and asked you what you did, right? And you had a proper job, Cheryl. I did. Right? And you were in a profession. You were a lawyer, <laughs> right? Um, and um, I don't think she referred to me again in the whole... In the I whole interview, payslips, yeah, she, she wasn't interested in my bits of paper from my accountant. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted your payslips. Uh, and so we got our mortgage offer and we bought the house. Do you remember what our first payable interest rate was? 14.5%, wasn't it? I, I thought it was 16. It but might have been we're head, 16. We're heading, in the, we're heading in the right it direction. Was, I'm sorry, no? I think you're right, 16%. 16% and we had to pay... An extra percentage because we were taking out a higher loan. That's higher, it was a it was a high value loan. Yeah. Team, it was twenty seven thousand pounds. That's yeah. the total of the. And that was with a twenty five percent deposit. Yeah, I think the house was thirty six grand, something like that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we put twenty five percent there. Times have changed. Those were the days. Yeah, happy <laughs> days. Um, so I think that, forgive me, I've forgotten the rest of the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, what did we do to reduce impact on ourselves? You dealt with that very elegantly. Make the most of new opportunities. Well, I think in fairness that that's you because you are much more, um, say, adv adventurous is probably, you know. Yeah, I think truth to tell, Cheryl, in the last recession. Yes, we didn't really make the most of opportunities. No, we didn't. We didn't. And that was probably because I didn't know how to do it. Because what we knew, you and I, yeah. was how to borrow from the banks, yeah. get a deposit, get a mortgage, buy a house. And you couldn't do that because the banks had withdrawn from the market. So uh, we had to find another way of doing it. We had to find another way of doing it, right? Um, so I sort of retired, didn't I? Yeah. How did you handle that? Me suddenly being home every day. I wouldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, moving on. Victoria Shortland. This is a deal packaging question. I don't think you read my writing. Do you want to? Do you want to read the yeah, question I'll read that. and then I'll, read that. I'll, I'll okay. answer it. How's that? Um, so Victoria says, um, when deal packaging is is it is it? I'm sorry. Is it now harder to do comparables for BMV? as the market was shut down for three months and now prices are dropping by 10% plus? Yeah, really good question, Victoria. If you're deal packaging, how do you know what any property is worth today? Good question. Truth to tell, I don't think anyone knows. I don't think people know, and I don't think they know what it's going to be worth in 12 months' time. So I see lots of pontificating going on out there in property land uh, oh, it'll be a V-shaped recovery. It'll only be 10% and then we'll be back again. Or prices are actually higher today than pre-COVID because of pent-up demand. Or it's going to fall by 98%, you know. <laughs> well, that's what you see out there, Cheryl, you know. Um, but nobody really knows. So how do we proceed? Victoria, I think what you need to do is just double-double make sure that your investors are safe. So go for safer properties. Don't. This is not the time, in my personal view, to go for big redevelopment schemes unless you know exactly what you're doing, right? But if you're just starting out, if you're near the, the beginning of your journey, if you're going to package deals, I would try and package 
three-bed, good-quality family homes that give the investor a pride of ownership that will never, never be empty. It's in, in, in locations where you get family, tenants who are going to pay, respect the property, respect the landlord. In time, properties like that are always going to serve you, aren't they? Yeah. yeah? So I, I would focus on them, which leads me on to the next question, Shell, which is from Ben Reynolds. I don't know if you want to read it yeah. from Ben Reynolds. Right. So Ben says, if you were a Londoner starting out in deal packaging today, uh, which areas of the capital would you target and for which strategies? Um, he says, it seems a lot of deal packages today are based north of the Watford Gap. Cool. Uh, and it sort of leads on from Victoria's question, because obviously in London, uh, if you're going to source three-bedroom family homes, they're pretty high value. Yes. Yeah. And they're not going to give much of a yield, much of a, much of a return. So we've got to do something different. And uh, Ben, I have deep dived into London, deep dived. I don't expect you for one minute to have listened to every one of the previous 99 <laughs> episodes in this series of you've got you've got hundreds of hours of me dribbling into a microphone talking about this stuff right uh but london is slightly different so uh in london remember the underlying premise behind everything we do is adding value for the investors so i'm just going to give you some headline things and it doesn't matter about where in london you are anywhere inside the m25 anywhere in the southeast of england actually we live in brighton cheryl this yeah. this would yeah. work in in Brighton, short leases. So I'm, I'm going to talk flats. I'm going to talk short leases, uh, getting those extended. I'm talking about finding one-bed flats of sufficient area that you can just shuffle around. I'm, I'm not talking about big works here, but maybe take the kitchen. If you've got a one-bed flat with a, a lounge, kitchen, bedroom bathroom you might be able to put the kitchen into the lounge make an american diner styly uh open plan kitchen um lounge diner and then the kitchen you can make into bedroom too there are people doing that today in london there are young friends doing it in london recently saw a case study of a flat one bed flat just south of london bridge uh the investor bought it for 300 grand they spent 25 grand just doing exactly what i've just said uh, and a two-bedroom flat south of London Bridge is worth 450 grand, right? Tremendous uplift. Mm. Okay, so you've got to get permissions, not planning permission, but you've got to get leasehold permissions and head lease, head lessee permissions, all that sort of malarkey. Might be a bit more technical, Ben, uh, but you can definitely do that sort of thing in London. That is what I would do in London. Inside the M25, go on right move. How many one-bedroom flats are you going to find? Quite a few, I would mm. think, all right? Have a good look. Cool. Ben, thank you so much. Violet. Oh, well, spookily. Um, this is for you, Cheryl, I think. Um, but it runs on from the last question. It wasn't designed that way. Violet, have you ever extended a rundown lease? I think she means rundown in terms of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How difficult or easy was it? And would you advise anyone who has not won one before, not done one before, to get into this? Right, well, we, um, Violet, we recently uh, extended one of our leases, which yep. had run down. Um, we used a very good firm of solicitors. They were very, very good. 
Uh, they've done it lots of times before. I also have a good friend who recently, in fact, two good friends who've recently uh, extended leases. One was their own home. Uh, one was another um, buy-to-let property, as was ours. Um, yes, uh, uh, certainly I'm very pleased that we did it. Uh, it added a considerable amount of value to the property, um, as it has done for both of my friends. Um, I think the key is to get um, a good surveyor uh, to survey it on your behalf for the uplift in value um, and a good solicitor. So I think it's not something that holds any fear uh, for anyone providing you use good people to act for you. Cool. Uh, and that's very precise uh, answer. And you, you basically dealt with it. I think this fell more... We haven't got any formal specific roles in our business, but you know, no, we, we, no. it sort of evolved. But this is clearly an what area I would deal what with. you would do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This is the sort of thing I deal with. Tell us a little bit about the delays and the frustrations and the, the messing about that um, went on. Yeah, we had, uh, I think it depends, um, you know, again, I won't mind me mentioning it. She had a landlord who was very happy to take a back seat, um, to use the same surveyor to value it for, for him and for her. Um, and it was a very easy process dealt with relatively quickly. Um, we had um, a more protracted um, <laughs> uh, extension um, where our landlord wanted to get absolutely top value for the property uh, we ended up having to start tribunal proceedings. Uh, but in the end, to be honest, Violet, from our point of view, it would have cost more to carry on with the legal proceedings than to agree to pay the landlord um, top value for the property. Yeah, and, the, and the landlord stroke freeholder knew that. Yeah, the, the, absolutely. They were um, a very professional, yes. very extensive um, landholding landlord. They yes. knew exactly what they were doing, probably exactly what I would have done in their place. Um, so in the end, we took a decision that we just wanted the procedure finished um, and would pay the extra money so we didn't have to go through with the tribunal proceedings, which would have cost us more. Absolutely. So we obviously have to pay for the extension of the lease. Yes. Um, we pay our legal representatives, our surveyor, a couple of uh, other expenses in the process that other people might not be aware of, Cheryl? Um, from memory, we have to pay the landlord's surveyor's fees as well um, and their solicitor's fees as well. And we had to pay their valuer's fees, their surveyor's fees, Twice from memory, I, didn't we? We did, but that was because we got involved in the tribunal proceedings, wasn't it? From memory, absolutely. So, my memory of this is is very is pretty clear because I was a bit ticked off about it at the time. So, uh, when you go into a lease extension negotiation, you you have to agree a value of the extended of what it is today and the extended value after the lease has been extended, and you both get a value on each side. And we made an error, and this is why I'm sharing it with everyone, so they don't make this error. Okay, uh, we made the error of trying to negotiate a settlement. That, that's true. With our professional landlord, 
you know. So if you're going to do a lease extension, lesson number one, find yourself an amateur landlord. <laughs> but, but, you know, if we were doing a landlord who'd done it a hundred times, got a huge um, portfolio of flats and apartments. So we went through the informal process and we reached deadlock. So then we decided the only way to resolve this, because we had to extend the lease, was to start the formal statutory yes. proceedings. And then you've got to pay again for a new valuation, which I'm still jumping up and down about in my seat, right? And um, I'm just sharing that because it's what we learned along the it, way. It yeah? was a, well, I would say it was a valuable lesson yeah. because I think you're right. Um, if you are dealing with a professional landlord, um, I we did try to negotiate and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you're not trying to put this into perspective um, it wasn't a huge amount of money and it was still very much worth doing Violet because the additional value it added to the property more than outweighed that extra expenditure. We just learned from that, that next time if we were dealing with a professional landlord, we would be more um, willing to to go up on the valuation. Cool. Yeah, I think that's very valuable. A um, couple of questions we've kind of covered, but I want to give a shout out to the people who are kind enough to ask the question. Uh, Quinton, Quinton, uh, Quinton Misa, thank you, Quinton, for your question. Uh, we talked about how we started. Yeah, he's got a question for you, Cheryl. <laughs> what have you found challenging working with me? What have I found? I think it goes back, Quinton, to what I was saying earlier. We're very different people. Dave is really good, I'm not just saying that, he's really good at the wider picture, the going out there, the finding the properties, much more uh, adventurous again than me, whereas I said earlier, I'm very much the, the detailed person. So sometimes it, it does appear that I'm sort of being negative Quinton when Dave's, you know, really worked hard at something. And then I go in with my temperament and saying, oh, sorry, there's this. And that can cause a little bit of friction occasionally. Um, but I think it's still important we respect each other. We both have our say and then we can talk it through. And, you know, sometimes I might have over um, uh, overblown the, the difficulty. So it's being able to get through that. If you do have an immediate disagreement, talk it through, come back to it and then reach, a, 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 you know, hopefully a successful way forward. Yeah, and I think it's very healthy that you rein me in a bit because I'm, you know, I, I suppose I'm sales and marketing in our business, yes. aren't I? I'm very salesy. That's what I do, and I get very enthusiastic. Whereas, you know, if it was the other way around, if you were the sales, yeah, part, how would we get on if you were doing the sales bit? <laughs> Probably as we are now. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't sell a life raft to a drowning man. Right. Yeah, but. <laughs> Not, not at all. But not I think the power in what we do is the combination. Uh, very much so. And, and very you know, much we've just so. been blessed with that because yeah. um, it sort of evolved. Uh, so uh, Veronica Kelly is asking questions about this. I want to give a shout out to Veronica. Thank you. Um, you know, had, she's asking about a working day and who does what. We've kind of we've kind of covered that. Okay, so I've saved Gavin Gibbons to the end. Gavin Gibbons. Um, the last question I'm going to share with you, Cheryl. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, would you have both started sooner uh, in your property business and in your deal packaging business? Well, I couldn't deal with the property side of it because yes. you're the deal packager, not me. 
Um, definitely would have started earlier. Absolutely no doubt about that at all. Uh, Dave started much earlier than me with his family, but together, um, you may have heard this before, I I stopped us doing it earlier on. Uh, Dave found two terrific deals. Uh, we got a long way with the process and I got cold feet um, because I was still working um, I just got cold feet and we didn't go ahead and it was a big, big mistake. Um, if we'd gone ahead with those two properties, they would have been worth... Short, short, short. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost over it now. Are you almost, almost over it? I'm you glad know, to hear uh, that. You know, time, so, time is a great healer. And <laughs> 30 years, you know, I'm almost on the way. Yeah, you but, know, to... <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> I should have started much earlier and if I had my time again... I would definitely start much earlier. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you have to. I think education is key, right? Yeah. I would say that, wouldn't I? But you just can't do this stuff if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. right? And you're gonna you're gonna make a mistake, and and you can make a lot of money in property, and if you get it wrong, it can cost you a lot of money yes. as well, yeah. right? And we do. To be fair, we see that on a daily basis with friends in the community. Um, so yes, I would start as soon as you possibly could. Yeah. Uh, but you have to do it with a bit of support and a bit of knowledge. Okay. I think that's absolutely key. Uh, the other part of your question, Gavin, uh, would I have started sooner in my deal packaging journey? So that's an interesting question. Um, I, okay. So probably yes if I'd even thought about deal packaging. The thing is, I didn't even think about deal packaging, right, until we ran out of money. Because if you're a property investor, I don't care how much money you've got when you've started, mm. right? You have to put in deposits. Someone has to put in the deposit. And if you're not working with anyone else, you've got to find the deposits. And then you remortgage and try and get your money back out again. But you don't get all your money back out again, in my experience. You always leave a little bit in. And by the time you've done 12, 15, 20 deals and you've left... 12, 15, 20 little bits in, that's quite a big bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of what happened to us, Cheryl. Yeah, absolutely. So we, when I say we ran out of money, that's why we ran out of capital, yes. okay, that we were prepared to commit. So that triggered the deal packaging adventure where I was sort of started, because we still had all these contacts. Well, you kept being offered properties Absolutely. You, that we didn't wish to put any more capital into. Yeah. And and what if I'd have said to those agents, yeah. um, oh, well, uh, actually, we run out of cash and I won't be able to buy anything for two years. Yeah. How would that have gone? Yeah. Yeah, we'd have just sunk. And these people have worked hard to find deals for us. D- yeah, we have with relationships. Relationship. <laughs> you know, we used to come up to Manchester and <laughs> meet the team. Have a cup of coffee. Meet the team, you know. <laughs> Um, Lovely people. It's a, a bit lively from time to time. Um, <laughs> so uh, the deal packaging thing, yeah, if I'd known it was a strategy at the outset, I would probably have begun it a lot earlier. I I, I began it from a point of stress, not distress, right, because, you know, we were okay without financially we were sound, right? But I began it because I didn't want to lose all the contacts I've made. I didn't want to stop working in property, but I'd run out of cash for deposits. Hope that helps. Shelley, we're about there. I want to say thank you to you, first of all, for bearing your soul to the, <laughs> the gathered um, 
Property Sourcing Profiteers. 100 episodes now, Cheryl. Wow. This is the 100th wow. episode. <laughs> two years I've been doing this. Um, what will the next two years bring? Gosh. Who knows? Oh, that's great. But, you know, Property Sourcing Profiteers out there, so long as you're happy to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> droning on about whatever it is that I'm talking about that particular week. I'm happy to keep doing it. Thank you for your support. Cheryl, thank you for your support. My pleasure. Um, to the next hundred episodes. Absolutely. And the next hundred years. How and about to that? all the lovely people listening. Fab. Okay. Property Sourcing Profiteers, that's it. We'll see you on the next episode. You're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.